You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. First things first, when we run into a friend at the grocery store, or when we're walking down the street, we might ask, how are you? Not just as a greeting, but because we're sincerely interested in how our friend is and how she's been since we last communicated. If we're engaged in a real conversation, our friend might tell us that she's been well and launch into what she's been up to. On the other hand, she might tell us that she's been a bit down or not up to her usual self. In fact, in certain circumstances, she might tell us that she's just not been feeling herself for a couple of days. Have you had times like that when you weren't sick or anything but just not feeling yourself? Well, that's our topic for exploration today, along with what you might do when you notice that you're not feeling quite yourself. If that's the case, our suggestion is to check your clairsentience. Why do we recommend that you first check your clairsentience whenever you notice that you're not quite feeling yourself? Clairsentience is your soul or psychic ability to feel clearly. So clair, clear, sentience, feeling. Since everything on a psychic level is energy, clairsentience is your innate ability to feel various kinds and vibrations of energy clearly. You can say that pretty much any and all energies that you can feel clairsentiently is either energy that you produced or energy produced by others. The energy you produced or your own energy you can use. Any energy produced by others, on the other hand, you can't use. It doesn't mean that energy produced by others is necessarily bad energy. It just means that you can't use or do anything with energy produced by others. It's a little bit like not being able to use gasoline in a diesel-powered engine and vice versa. They are both perfectly usable fuel but they each only work in engines designed to use that kind of fuel. When you use your clairsentience and feel any energy, it's going to be either your own energy or someone else's energy. If you were to tune into someone else's anger, for example, you'll feel that person's anger. If, however, you weren't aware that you were feeling someone else's anger and assume it was your own you might be confused as to what you're angry about. This happens a lot. That's because you're not the one who is angry. Whenever you're feeling some kind of emotion that doesn't fit you at the moment, chances are what you're feeling isn't your own emotion. Yet, if you believed it was your anger, 
You might not like it and try to figure out why you are angry or what you're angry about. And you might try to change that anger you're feeling to feeling happier. You won't succeed that way if you were not the producer of that anger. If it's not your feeling that you are feeling, you can't do anything to it or about it. As long as you continue to tune into that other person's anger, you will continue to feel angry and you can't change it. If it is your own energy that you are feeling, you can stop it, change how you are feeling, or work with it to resolve it. If it's not your own energy, nothing will work to changing it. The only thing you can do is to let go of trying to solve or change or fix or eliminate the energy and let it be as it is, not yours. As long as you don't resist that energy in any way, you don't become the effect of it. Since your clairsentience is for feeling energy clearly, you are constantly feeling some kind of energy. Your own energy is always compatible and usable for you. When you're feeling your own energy, you feel yourself. If you are feeling others' energies and aren't aware of that, then you would feel not quite yourself. When you are feeling others' energies and assuming that you are feeling your own energy, you would naturally feel not quite yourself. Even if the energy you're feeling with others is what you might consider to be good energy, it still won't feel quite right for you. When that happens, often people jump to the question, what's wrong with me? Yet, that's the wrong question to ask because it's not about what is right or wrong with you. What you're feeling is merely someone else's energy. The only thing wrong in the situation is you misinterpreting what you're feeling as your problem to solve. It truly is not. And you can't solve someone else's energy. The more you try to do that, the more you get stuck with that energy and continue to feel not yourself. It's only when you are feeling your own energy as you that you feel yourself. Even when you are feeling someone else's energy, by first feeling and knowing your own energy, you'll recognize that the energy you are feeling at the moment isn't yours and that you can't do anything to that energy. When you are feeling someone else's sadness and you are aware that you're just feeling someone else's sadness, it just gives you the information as to how that other person is feeling at the time and you won't misinterpret what you're feeling as how you're feeling. That way you can use your clairsentience as a kind of diagnostic tool for how someone is feeling at the moment, if that interests you. Most people naturally use their clairsentience this way without realizing they are doing so on what or whose energy they might be feeling. I'm sure you've had many experiences where you realize that the anger or sadness or pain that you were feeling was what someone else very nearby was feeling. For example, it's pretty common that a psychically sensitive child will tune into her mother's feelings and ask her, why are you feeling sad, mommy? If that mother is aware that she is indeed feeling sad about something and not trying to hide it from others, she'll validate the child that indeed she was feeling sad and even explain what she was feeling sad about. Often, 
However, the person who is feeling what a clairsentient person is feeling may not be aware that he or she is feeling such feelings, especially if that person is trying hard, really hard to avoid feeling that way. So it's not at all uncommon, for example, that a more clairsentient wife might ask her husband if he is angry about something and he tells her, no, I'm not angry at all and not know why she would think that he was. In such a case, if that clairsentient person didn't have enough certainty in what and whose feelings she was feeling, she might get invalidated and think that what she was feeling wasn't the other person's and even question herself as to whether it was her own anger. Often, if highly clairsentient children get invalidated about their ability to feel others' emotions clearly, they may grow up assuming that what they feel is how they themselves are feeling and start trying to solve what they are feeling as their problem. Yeah, when I was around early to middle of the, you know, grade schools, first the sixth grade age area, I really struggled with that. I was highly clairsentient, and I practically felt everyone and everything. <laughs> it can be very confusing. Yeah, for a child. it is. Yeah, <laughs> and since I didn't get any validation or guidance about my clairsentience, I uh, started assuming that everything I was I felt was how I felt because I'm the one who was feeling it. Mm-hmm. Then, for seemingly no reason, I would feel sad or angry, or just plain out of sorts. Often, as suddenly as I fell into anger or sadness, I'd feel happy again. (laughs) It all depended on who I was tuned into on a feeling level, and when I tuned back into my own feelings. You know, feeling like Raphael said, Claire Sentience, you can tune to someone else's feelings, or you can tune into your own feelings, your own energy, and feel what that feels like. I remember that when I was feeling my own feelings, even if those feelings were not necessarily pleasant ones, I felt like myself. I mean, there was no uncertainty there. It was just like I knew I was feeling those feelings, and I I felt those feelings. And you produced them. Yeah. I realized years later that when I was feeling others' feelings, even pleasant ones, I didn't feel myself. I would naturally question myself why I was feeling the way I was feeling. When I was actually angry or sad, I knew I was angry or sad, and about what? Yet a lot of times, I felt anger or sadness, and I had no clue as to what was making me feel that way. I had forgotten that I was merely feeling the feelings of someone I was concerned about. Of course, it's especially when we're concerned or worried about how someone is feeling that we tune into their feelings. Once we have our certainty that that's what we're doing, then the feeling we experience from tuning into that person's feelings becomes informative and helps us understand that what emotion we are feeling is how the the other person is feeling at the time. That may help us in how we approach that person and the way in which we need to communicate with them. If you're an employee, 
seeking to ask the boss, <laughs> the boss, for a raise. <laughs> and as you're knocking on the boss's door, all of a sudden you feel totally, you know, like a total frustration or grief or irritation. You might pause and realize that, hmm, oh, maybe it's not the right time to approach my boss for a raise <laughs> when, when he's totally frustrated or in grief or irritated or something like that. Or you meet up with a good friend you haven't seen in a while and you feel that she's troubled even though she has a smile on her face and acting as if everything is all right. You might steer your conversation toward giving her some sort of support with whatever is troubling her. This may come in handy, particularly when you're relating to a teenager, overriding his or her feelings. So how does that psychic ability called clairsentience actually work? This particular ability to feel a certain bandwidth of psychic energies we call sensations and emotions functions in your body through your second chakra. Well, the second chakra, counting from the first one at the lowest and the seventh one at the top of the head, the second chakra is located just below your navel and that area. And, and its primary function on the psychic level is feeling energies. Like Raphael mentioned earlier, you can feel your own energies or others' energies. This is the ability we all use to determine if it's safe to walk down the street or to stand next to that wall or building. It's not just about feeling somebody's emotional energy, but it's it's feeling out the, you know, scoping out the room, so to speak. Yeah, walking into a building, similar thing. We all do that yeah. unconsciously. And we do that with people. We feel somebody's energy and go, oh, I'm going to stay away from that person. doesn't feel safe. And then you feel... This other person's energy, oh, yeah, I could really just go and talk to that person, even if I don't know that person. You feel safe. So that type of feeling uh, is on the second chakra level, too. Well, just before the 1989 Loma Prieta earthquake hit the San Francisco Bay Area with a magnitude of 6.9, I had just driven Raphael and myself to, to my gym for a quick after-work workout for both of us. When I was about to park my car closest to the entrance of the gym, I felt that it was not a safe place to park that day. I saw... Right in front of the gas. Yeah, I saw that gas main and, and just looked at it and I felt, you know, I saw the gas main, but, but what I felt was, you know, it's not safe. Something might happen to that gas thing and blow up or something. That was uh, clairvoyant. I just saw the image of the possibility of it. But the feeling is what, what got my attention first is it wasn't safe there. So I told Raphael and moved my car to a parking spot on the other side of the parking lot further or practically furthest away from that gas main and the building itself. A few minutes later, when I had just signed us in front of the, uh, at the front desk of the gym, we were about to go in toward the inner parts of the building, to the, toward the locker rooms, the change and everything. It's when the earthquake hit hard, <laughs> really hard. Although the gym was solid concrete, 
So I wasn't too concerned about that, but the floor to ceiling mirrors lining up one whole wall, you know, from end to end were buckling out several feet. I mean, it was amazing. It didn't splinter right then and there. They had just installed these mirrors, we found out later, and they went right to the front door so you could not avoid them. Yeah, it would have been, you know, ballistic. Anyway... The, the gas main fortunately didn't blow up, but I was grateful that I followed my clairsentience and picked, parked away from that building, right? You naturally use your clairsentience to feel those kinds of things as well as emotions and sensations. Well, believe it or not, we're already coming up upon our first break, and we'd like to welcome you to join us for an extraordinary remote for teleclass plus a bonus Zoom Q&A weekend Yay. <laughs> coming up Saturday and Sunday this month. It's September, by the way, everyone. Happy September. It's happening on Saturday and Sunday, September 18th and 19th. That's in three weekends. The overall theme for this particular weekend will be the joy of creating miracles, <laughs> celebrating your imagination, clairvoyance, and creative self-expression. Altogether, we'll be giving four two-hour teleclasses plus our special bonus Zoom post-class Q&A talk story and social over the weekend. And I'm going to also give you the titles for each of the uh, teleclasses because if you can't attend the whole thing, you can attend one or you can buy them all and get the recordings later. Um, But anyway, on Saturday morning of that uh, September 18th, it's Imagining Beyond Your Limits, Opening the Door to Miracles with Your Imagination and Clairvoyance. And that starts at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And then the afternoon class for Saturday is If You Can See It, You Can Create It, Your Clairvoyance, Creative Power, and Miracles. And that starts at noon Pacific Time. And then Sunday morning, When You're Stuck, Create a Miracle. Seeing new solutions clairvoyantly when nothing seems to work. And that starts at 9 a.m. Pacific on the 19th of September. And the afternoon class is Be the Light of the World. See yourself clearly and creatively. Share the joy of being you. And that starts at noon Pacific time. And uh, our European friends are absolutely invited. We've timed it so that it's not too late or too early for you except for the bonus Zoom afterwards. But uh, plus, over the weekend, anyone who participates in at least one of the teleclasses can join us for our fun and profound bonus post-Zoom Q&A talk story and social on Sunday following the last teleclass. For full write-up and details or to sign up, go to the September calendar section of michaeltamora.com or call our office and speak to our fabulous assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours Pacific time. We'll be right back to continue with Not Feeling Yourself? Check your clairsentience. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. 
the best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Whenever you haven't been feeling yourself, we recommend that you first check your clairsentience. That's been our topic of exploration for today, so let's continue. Well, you know, one of the things I'm aware of is that a lot of beginning psychics start with clairsentience, and they think that is the only psychic ability there is. And um, it can be problematic, or it can be fine-tuned and used correctly. But for now, technically, how does your clairsentience actually work? That's what I'm going to have Michael talk about. All right. Well, how your clairsentience works through your second chakra, energy and awareness center, as I was mentioning uh, before the break, is very much like how a radar works. By transmitting electromagnetic waves, you know, radars transmit electromagnetic waves that are then reflected back to the radar dish by objects in their path. The reflected waves that are received by the receiver part of the system are translated into useful information, whether it shows the location and direction of a plane's flight or the area and amount of precipitation in the atmosphere, you know, uh, what's that called? Doppler radar radar on TV and everything, weather report. <laughs> Are they still using that? Yeah, I think so. like old technology. <laughs> <laughs> so with your clairsentience, you transmit psychic energies that vibrate at a certain bandwidth that can reflect back to your second chakra receiver dish, so to speak. Yeah, it kind of looks like a receiver dish. <laughs> <laughs> a little teeny, little teeny weeny one. <laughs> yeah, and, and that interprets the energy as types and intensities of feelings. One of the big challenges that I've been seeing pretty much for every highly clairsentient person who cares about others' well-being and happiness has to learn to manage is becoming aware of others' feelings. Uh-huh. Okay. When you care and are concerned about how someone is feeling, you tune into that, to, to what that person is feeling at the time. 
And that's fine if you know that you're doing that. If you don't know you're deliberately doing that, you may have a problem when you feel what they're feeling and assume that's how you happen to be feeling at the moment. First, what made you concerned about how a particular person was feeling at that time? Well, guess what? You were already picking up because you care about that person. You're already picking up that something wasn't quite right with that person. They weren't their usual healthy, happy self, so to speak, or their normal, you know, how, how they are normally. That means when you tune into how they're feeling at the time, you're going to f- get the feedback or answer to your inquiry on a clairsentient feeling level because you want to know how is that person feeling, right? So, so you go directly to that clairsentient function and you just bounce off of what they're feeling to find out what's not quite right with them. Why? Well, you already suspected that something was off with that person, so you're you're not worried about how great they're feeling. You're worried about what's not all right with that person and, and not feeling so good. And not concerned with everything else that may be just perfectly fine with them in, in their lives. So when you hone in on you know, their feelings, you're only honing in specifically on their not okay feelings. Yeah. Ah, so even if, if the person that you're worried about is just a little bit down and out or you know, a little bit angry or unhappy or in grief, but most of them is in a pretty good place. You don't feel that contrast. You don't feel the comparison. It's not in proportion. You just feel they're not feeling very good, right? They're feeling down and out. Ah, so then that's not actually that accurate either. But that's how we work. You know, you, you ask and you shall receive. Whatever you ask, it's, it's very accurate. It's very specific. When you're unconsciously, you know, you're not really sitting down and says, okay, now I'm going to find out what this person's feeling and all that they're feeling. No, you're going, oh, I'm worried about my friend and how is he doing? And, uh, you know, what if he's not doing so well? And then you just, you don't know you're tuning in. But when you, when you worry about people, you tune in <laughs> to the very people you're worried about and only pretty much in the area of your worry. So it's a very narrow band. It's not... I'm worried about this person, but I'd like to get a uh, overall big picture, big picture <laughs> of where they're at. And then you find out, oh yeah, they're not doing, they're, they're unhappy, but it's temporary right now. They're unhappy because they probably got bad news about something or other, but the rest of them, they're doing fine. Okay, that's a whole different picture than, than oh no, they're feeling bad, right? <laughs> So, in truth, no one ever feels 100% horrible. Yeah? Even if what they're feeling is extremely painful or full of suffering, they're not 100% feeling that way. The smaller percentage just of you know, intense feelings just takes over temporarily because it may be so intense. It's just, it's just like you're hearing you know, a zillion different sounds from just the faintest of faint, hardly could hear stuff to to some rocket ship blasting off down the street. <laughs> what are you gonna what are you gonna be most aware of? You're not gonna you're not gonna be talking about, oh, listen to the little crickets. 
in the backyard. No, there's just this rocket ship or a bomb just went off and all you can hear is that one big sound, but that's not the whole sound. Ah, that's how we kind of work. It's survival partly. But when you're tuning in to someone on that worrying level, you pretty much get just the worst news and are not getting the rest of that that person is quite fine. So unless you're aware and recognize that, that you're only getting a small portion of the person's overall well-being and feeling-wise, and especially, you might fall into that same pit they are already in. Yeah, they're having trouble because, you know, 95% of their life is going great, but 5% just fell apart. And, and they're just totally focused on how bad you know, that 5% is right now. So if you fall into that same pit, you're not going to be of much help anyway. You ju- you're just going to make it more difficult for them. We're going to get to that in another show coming up <laughs> between compassion and sympathy. But anyway, for now, if that person you're tuning into feeling-wise and that person happens to be sick with a fever and aches and pains and such, you can feel like you're getting sick yourself if you didn't know better that you were just tuning in to someone else you care about who's feeling that way at the time. Plus, if you don't recognize it in time, you may actually get sick yourself because you start trying to solve the problem. Oh, no, I'm getting sick. Blah, 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 and you do this and do that. And you're trying to fix it. You're trying to solve a problem that you actually don't have (laughs) other than you're feeling what somebody else is going through and thinking it's your problem and then you start jump on board to try to fix it then it makes it more and if you do that enough well guess what you'll probably end up sick like you know and and then it's like okay you have to go through the cycle of healing yourself from it but healing it really requires you to become aware, oh, this wasn't mine in the first place, even after it becomes a physical symptoms. Okay. And of course, such a thing could happen even more on an emotional and mental level, such as believing that someone's depression or suicidal feelings are yours. It helps enormously if your partner is just as clairsentient as you are yeah. and clairvoyant, <laughs> it helps even more. One time years ago, Rafia and I were enjoying a, a rare break in our work, out, you know, sitting outside on a gorgeous spring day and reading, just reading a newspaper. That's, that's a luxury for us, just to be able to sit outside or something and just read a book or newspaper for a, a you, few minutes. Usually now it's, it's our phones or other yeah. devices. <laughs> and, and we're just, you know, reading and talking about what we're reading and stuff like that. And out of nowhere, I mean, here we're having this very what do you call it, pastoral, uh, peaceful, day. yeah, enjoyable day. And then suddenly she goes, I suddenly feel like I want to kill myself. It's really intense. Whoa, where'd that come from? It was instantly obvious to both of us that what she was feeling wasn't her own feelings. But she said it was really so intense. It was like taking over everything she felt. But it only took a few minutes for her knowing, you know, since Raphael knows what to do and everything, she, she 
just took a few minutes to clear her space up and, and meditated a little bit and, and just regrounded herself. And she felt much more herself again. And just when she did that, once she said, okay, huh, I feel way more myself now, her phone rings. And it was a desperate call to Raphael from one of her students at that point. And the student's first words that, that she spoke to Raphael were, I just suddenly feel like I want to kill myself. What do I do? Isn't that something? And Raphael looks at me. We're, we're, you know, I, I was able to hear it on the speakerphone. And, and we're just like, okay. So Raphael proceeded to talk the student down to being able to ground herself, find her space, and her energy again. Once the student did that, she was completely happy and fine. And she said she was completely happy and fine before this energy hit her as well. That sudden but intense feeling she had wasn't hers in the least, had nothing to do with her. But what would she have done if she didn't have the tools or the proper help to guide her back to her own energy? I want to insert a little more to that story too is I actually ended up getting two more phone calls that were identical to that shortly thereafter yeah, shortly thereafter and um, sometimes there's a larger energy or force at work because these were all people that were living in the same area mm-hmm. we were it, so something was happening that was affecting a lot of people or possibly someone else that we all knew was going through this. But as far as I know, nobody committed suicide that day. Mm-hmm, that we knew of. That but, we knew of. But it, it's, I won't go into what was really going on. <laughs> it was deliberate. And it was on a fairly large scale. Uh, it affected a lot of people, especially those who are highly sensitive. Yes. Especially on a clairsentient feeling level. And it was, so... I don't want to get into it because that'll take over the next 17 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little bigger picture talk. <laughs> yeah. But on much lesser levels, this happens every day to countless people. A person unknowingly becomes someone else's anger or guilt or sadness and ends up acting on it as if, it's, if it was their own. When you do that, the consequences could be quite damaging to one's relationships, jobs, health, finances, or even on a legal level. How often have people been swept up on a romantic level because they didn't know that they were feeling the desire, the intense desire of the other person rather than their own? And then... If they acted upon it, they paid, and and thinking that it was their own feelings, they paid the consequences sooner or later. Yep, this happens on a multitude of levels in our lives if we don't learn to manage our innate clairsentience. Everyone has it. Another thing that I've seen way too often is that someone gets taught that they have to trust what they feel. Well, that is true, providing that what they are feeling is their own feeling. But if people believe that they have to trust everything they feel and follow all of what they feel indiscriminately, they could end up making a mess of their lives. And I've seen that too. There's also a huge difference between feeling yourself as the true undivided spirit self that you are versus feeling yourself 
as the ego-driven, divided self that you might believe you are. One leads you to more joy and peace and healing, while the other leads you to more pain and suffering. Which would you trust? That's a very good question. And one of the things that Michael mentioned here is feeling someone else's feelings and and not interpre- basically not interpreting it correctly. And one of the things that I see a lot of people who feel other people's feelings, they will often judge it. Oh, they're not. And they know, let's say they know it's not good. They know it's the other person's energy. And, and sometimes this happens even when they don't know. And that is they decide that that person shouldn't be feeling those feelings. So they start to take on, you know, it's like a healing. They mm. take on the energy And this is one of the worst things you can do for your health. Because when you take on someone else's energy or bad feelings or whatnot into your own space, they become, they start to disrupt you in the same way diesel fuel will disrupt a regular fuel car, you know, regular gasoline car. It's not a good thing. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. And as you know, we like to give little announcements before our breaks just to let you know what we're up to. Our second break is coming up, and we'd like to encourage those of you who are interested in going much further in your spiritual growth and psychic development to check out our comprehensive audio self-study foundation course titled Psychic Tools and Life Mastery Practices to Live Your Soul Purpose. And for short, we call it the Levels Course if you talk to our assistant about it. Again, it's Psychic Tools and Life Mastery Practices to Live Your Soul's Purpose. You can click on What We Do tab and then Courses on our website at michaeltamora.com for all the details or call our office and speak to our extraordinarily wonderful assistant. I can't say enough good words about her. Yeah. 530-926-2650. And, and her name, by the way, is Noel. And you can call that number weekdays during business hour specific time. For those of you who'd like to stay in touch with what we're doing when and where, make sure to sign up for our free monthly newsletter on our website as well. When you do, you can download a free two-hour introductory class to our comprehensive course that we just mentioned as well. We'll be back with you shortly to continue with Not Feeling Yourself? Check your clairsentience. We'll be right back. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tamora. 
beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. We're back. (laughs) And it's good to have you with us today. We'll get right on with our topic, Not Feeling Yourself. Check your clairsentience. Now, before the break, I was talking about taking on energy. And some of you may think that that's a, uh, let's say, a, the right thing to do, especially with someone who's ill or someone who's really sad. And, you know, especially between, let's say, mothers and children. Um, you, you don't want your child to feel pain. So when you hug them and hold them, Some of you tend to just take those feelings away from them or as much as you can because the child still has to handle some of it. But here's the problem with taking on other people's emotions and energy and suffering. And that is, it's been my observation as a clairvoyant working with a lot of people going through different journeys in life. And some of The most intense journeys are journeys with illnesses like cancer, heart disease, you know, things that are uh, we have to face and go through and so on. And many times I've watched, for instance, I've seen this multiple times, actually, where a daughter will take on taking care of her mother who has cancer. And it's very it's a very difficult thing to do to start with. Because that woman has to basically take time out of her own life to take care of her mother. And she also desires that her mother doesn't suffer. And so she's caring for her day after day with this thought of, I don't want you to suffer. And then some some even more conscious thought, if I could take this on so you don't have to suffer, I would. And what happens is, is you actually start to do that. And if you take on someone else's energy like this and it it stays in your space long enough, you don't clean it out, um, then oftentimes you might actually create the exact same illness your mother or whoever you're caring for has. I've seen it. One woman uh, took care of her mother who had a particular type of cancer and it was a three-year process, and she did. She wanted to do all the right things. Her mother had been a great mother, and so she wanted to do her mother right, and she did a great job. But as soon as her mother died, probably three weeks after her mother died, she got diagnosed with the same cancer. And this happens also the other way uh, yeah. with the child taking care of the parent. Yes. Or, or the, the parent taking care of the child. You know, so many times a parent will... Just go, if they're seeing their child suffering, give it to me. You know, 
I, I, I'm bigger. I can take it. Just, I should be the one who's sick. I should be the one that's dying, whatever. And just give it to me and save my child. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, uh, it's there. But does that do any good? Not really. No, because each person has their life the way they like to have it. Uh, not necessarily like in the sense of, oh, this is fun. Like it's, it's for their spiritual growth, for, for where that soul is in, in its journey toward enlightenment, to freedom, the healing, the whole bit. And so each soul has, has a certain kind of a plan. And, and if you try to take that away, or even if it's not part of their plan, but just their karmic uh, load, if you will, that they need to get through in some way, shape, or form, and they decide, okay, this is the way I'm going to go. Do that. Take care of that. And if you even could take it on and, and then take it away from them, ah, oh, well, then they can't, they, they still have to go through it because they need to learn. Yeah? You didn't have to learn that particular lesson that particular way. But this is this is one of the things Raphael's mentioning. Is this? Yeah, it, it ultimately doesn't really work for either party to take it on. Absolutely, even when a mother is comforting a child, um, a mother can, for instance, you know, all mothers do this. It's all going to be all right, and that's fine. And just allowing that child to learn how to process their emotions and get through them, whatever it takes. But she does not have to take them on. You know, another example that I like to see, well, I don't like to see, actually, (laughs) but I see a lot with couples, for instance. Let's say something, uh, a person, the husband, for instance, is sitting there doing something and the wife looks over their shoulder and doesn't like what she's seeing on the computer screen or whatever and barks at, at the husband about what she's seeing over his shoulder and he feels that energy just hit him right in the heart because she's right there. So she barks at him, and then he barks back. And then it's like two dogs barking. Because you're passing that original, let's say, whack back and forth between each other. And it doesn't solve anything, for one thing. And for another thing, it gets you both off your path and and thinking, you know, something's wrong with this marriage or something like that, where it's just a communication problem, A, and B, it's you, because husbands and wives are usually very tuned into each other, you're, you're open to that other person. And so when one person gets a little negative to the other person, the other person's going to feel it more. So one of the things I see here in Working a space like that is to be aware if the other person gets stressed out and she, she or he is throwing energy at, you know, you as, as the other partner, that there could be another approach to how you respond to it, even if it feels really bad. Mm-hmm. And, and in the sense of, you know, I'm sure most of you have had the experience of somebody getting upset with you in some way, shape, or form, and you feel guilty, especially if somebody is blaming you. Well, just a little side trip here about blame. 
if someone <clears throat> is blaming you, overtly blaming you, you did this, you da-da-da-da-da, there's never any, in, in, on a clairsentient level, you're feeling the blame, but chances are you're going to feel more than just the blame because behind every blame is guilt. And that's why when somebody blames you, it feels like they're guilting you. Well, they are, but it's their guilt, not yours. Oh, nobody ever blames anybody else or anything for anything if they weren't guilty themselves. themselves. That's right. Ah, so the blame feels very, very you know, sounds and f- seems and, and feels very different than guilt because guilt is the guilty party, right? The one who caused the problem, the one who messed up, whatever. And then the blame is the righteous one. You know, I'm not the problem. You are. You <laughs> start with the blame game. Yeah. And, and then, but it's both. Nobody's going to blame anybody if they don't have the guilt within them. So when they throw the blame energy at somebody, like Raphael is talking about picking up on what another person is throwing at you, you feel that energy. Well, you're not going to just feel the blame. You're probably going to feel a lot more of the guilt that comes in the package. Ah. So anytime anybody's stuck, you know, if you're not stuck, you're going to be happy camper. It's not going to be any kind of a battle argument, you know, fight, things like that. But if there is, then obviously they're stuck on something. And so when they're stuck, it's not going to be clean. It's not just going to be blame. It's going to be guilt and blame. It's not just going to be guilt. It's going to be guilt and blame, right? It's like that. Uh, And it's not going to be just anger because if you, somebody's angry at you, if you really look, and this is, the, this is the purpose of being clairvoyant, is you can go at a higher level to really be neutral and look instead of just feeling and being the effect of it. Reacting. And reacting. You look at it and you go, oh, yes, this person's angry, obviously, but underneath the anger is tremendous amount of fear. Huh. And they don't want to go to the fear. Fear is scary. Anger is much stronger feeling, right? So if you want to be on top of things, you're going to get angry instead of allow yourself to experience, oh, what's, what's propelling this anger? Oh, it's the fear. So then if you're seeing it, oh, yeah, yes, I feel the anger coming from this person, but underneath it, this person's scared. Then when you look at it in that context, you realize, oh, yeah. They're just trying to keep their head above water, and that's why they're so angry and trying to keep it together. Well, they're not keeping it together. They're, they're dramatizing it on a very angry and destructive level. So you just duck. You just let that energy pass through. It's not your problem to solve. They have to solve it, both the anger and if they're going to solve that their anger, they're going to have to solve the fear. Uh, solve meaning be able to Look at it and see the truth that it's not that. And the fear. If you even get to that point, you look at it and what are they afraid of? It could be another emotion, guilt or grief, right? Just like I don't want to go there. 
I don't want to, I will completely fall apart if I go there. And I have a job to do. I have this to do. I have to, you know, feed my family. Whatever it is, it's called survival. So anyway, this is being able to get past just what you're feeling initially and being able to get to a lot closer to the truth of the matter. And when you do, oh, okay. It might have started with a feeling, but you end up with the truth. Yes. And as they say, which is always true, <clears throat> truth shall set you free. Right? And ah, and when you're free, you'll have total peace. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have to jump up and down. I don't have to fight. I don't have to run away. I don't have to do anything. This is the way it is. And, and I, again, another difficult part is sometimes you're the only one who sees that. <laughs> so if you happen to be a lot more highly sensitive on a clairsentient <clears throat> feeling level, guess what? It's not only in the feeling department that you're sensitive and more aware than the average person. Ah, which means you have to really take a look at yourself and go, oh yeah, being very sensitive, even though I'm the one who's always feeling more vulnerable and weaker and scared and whatever like that, that I seem to be not being able to handle things in the world like other stronger people who just let those things bounce off of them. No, that sensitivity comes from power. And that power comes from awareness of spirit, of truth. So if you're extra sensitive, even on a feeling level, that means you're really much more aware. Once you learn how to manage your ability and how you are aware, feeling-wise or clairvoyant-wise or hearing-wise or whatever, you're going to find that far from being weaker and because you're more sensitive, more aware, you're that much stronger. You just have to learn how to relate to your strengths and recognize, oh, it's part of the, you know, misinterpretation of your strength rather than your weakness. Okay. And then a couple uh, other quick things I'd like to mention before we close this up for the day. Um, one of the ways you can identify when you're taking on or feeling someone else's feelings is as you're feeling them, just intuitively ask yourself, is this mine? Is this mine? What can you do to clear it out? You can create a grounding cord from your first chakra to the center of the earth and just say hello to that energy. Don't resist it and just send it down your grounding. All right. Well, time flies when we're having fun and we're at the end of our show again. We love having you all join us today and hope that you enjoyed the show. Be sure to join us for another illuminating episode next Wednesday on compassion versus sympathy in your psychic life, which is continuation of this conversation. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week.
We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.